Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is... Um, unimportant. Uh, normally, at the top of the show, I will say the day's date, and more importantly, what day of the week it is, and depending on what day of the week it is, I will do uh, a themed podcast for that week. If you are new to the program, you will know that we have Movie Mondays, TV Tuesdays, Book Wednesdays, Perf Video Games Days, and Fra Internet Days. Now, uh, if you listened at all to some of the episodes last week, um, you will know that over the holidays I had a large chunk of them off, basically. Oh, shit. You may have just heard there my anti-lock brakes going on because the roads are covered in snow and it is a shitty, shitty drive. The shittiest of the year. I really wish I did not have to go in today. Anyways, uh, back to the days of the week. I uh, am not going to say what day it is, but we're going to pretend it is in fact a book Wednesday since uh, I have finished a book and uh, two books actually and want to... uh, Record a book by Wednesday podcast. So that's what I'm going to do. Now we just have to hope that we make it to work and don't run off the road. I hate driving in the snow. Why haven't they plowed yet? Jesus. Basically, I usually go uh, on the stretch of road. The speed limit's 80, and that's kilometers. And I usually keep it under 100, because my dad's a cop and said that as long as you're not going more than 20 over, it's unlikely that you will get a speeding ticket. So I usually go, you know, 90-ish, 95-ish. Today I'm going 60. So that sucks. The big one. My most hated thing about winter. I don't mind the cold. I don't even mind the snow. It's just snow on roads that make you drive slow or run off the road. Okay, enough about weather. Let's jump into books. Uh, last book of Wednesday, we talked about book two in the Shadow March series by Mr. Tad Williams. He um, set out to write a trilogy. However... With the uh, last, he was uh, apparently he, he wrote this in the uh, in the beginning of his book, a little uh, forward uh, that he was uh, planned to write the third book as in a trilogy, and then it ended up being so long that uh, it turned into four books, so a quadrology. So what I decided to do was combine the. Um, third and fourth books in one a book of a Wednesday here because um, that will 
sort of illustrate my main point when talking about this book series is that it was too long. <laughs> All right. I could, uh, let's just end the podcast there. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. I remember book one. It was a while ago because these books were, you know, over 700 pages each. Book one, I remember I gave a five out of five. I think book two, I gave a three out of five. And book four and five collectively will also go three out of five. So there you go. We'll go the series as a whole, three out of five, despite the awesome first book. Okay? Okay. Now I'm about to try to go up a really big hill that's covered in snow, so let's hope I don't die. Whew, okay, we made it. That was not fun. One of the times that I have spun out was on a hill very much like that. So, I don't like it. No, sir. Uh, where was I? Too long. Yes, ratings. Throwing that out. I, uh, on my way to work, take two main roads. One of the main roads that I should reach in, geez, going this slow, ten minutes maybe. Uh, they actually plow pretty regularly and well most of the time, whereas this one is looks like it's not even plowed at all. So maybe we'll uh, pick her up from there when I can actually glance at my notes. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, there's our first plow. Plower. It's going in the opposite direction, though. Probably because uh, I believe I've mentioned that I am usually, not today, uh, going against traffic on my way to work because I'm going north and people are coming south. However, today, uh, we're all sort of bunched up going, going north. Like I've never seen, I've literally never seen this many cars driving to work. It's normally like me just sort of flying through, but we're all sort of bunched in a group of like 20 cars chugging along. I'm going 40 now. Oh boy, I friggin' hate driving in the snow. Okay, well, uh, how about, uh, since I'm going so slow, I'll just, uh, talk about my sort of main thought on this entire series that I think potentially could have turned this too long, although good, while reading it, would not read again because of its length series. Uh, into an awesomer one. Alright? Now, I am by no means a professional writer, novelist, if you will. However, I think this idea is pretty goddamn smart. And that is me tuning my own horn. You will have had to probably either read this or uh, more likely listen to past Book of Wednesdays to, uh, for this to make sense to you. Uh, oh shit, you know what, uh, I think I forgot one day last week and almost forgotten out, is that there will be spoilers. I want to uh, get that out at the top of every show. Uh, so there you go, out of the way. There will be spoilers, be warned. So my thought is that you basically, in this four book series, get rid of the princess. Pause for a dramatic effect. I mean, totally write her out of the book. Now, how is that done? You might ask. Well, once I had that idea, 
I started reading it from the point of view of could this part be taken out um, without sacrificing main plot points. And it could! What you would do is sort of combine the parts involving the princess and the parts involving the girl by the name of Quintin. Quintin, Q-I-N-N-T-A-N, I think. Uh, combine those into one sort of storyline rather than have each have their ep- separate storyline. Uh, you would, I think, A, get this book easily down to three, three books, and um, two, have the books be 500 pages. <laughs> 500 pages for me is a, is a decent book length. Respectable? There you go. So uh, if anyone, if anyone has read this series and either agrees or totally disagrees with me, how about uh, email me to the email address provided in the closing credits. What do you say? We're getting near the point of the drive where I get off this road and onto another main road that is usually plowed. Once that happens, I am going to stop. And uh, for Xmas, I got a bunch of lottery tickets as one of my gifts, so I'm going to stop and check those out. So potentially, depending on how much I win, uh, I'll be very excited. So, there you go. Let's cut her off now and uh, meet back in some seconds. For me, it will be some minutes. For you, it will be some seconds. What's interesting about that is, uh, as I've mentioned in a couple of shows, my car is TARDIS blue. If you are familiar with the TARDIS or unfamiliar, I will say that it is a time-traveling machine. And um, we're going to use it today. We've already used it once to pretend that this is a book by Wednesday, when in fact it is not a Wednesday. And then we're going to use it to uh, jump ahead some minutes. For you, it will be seconds. For me, it will be minutes. All right, let's do that. Okay. I'm not back yet. That, uh, I just wanted to say that was the first car in the ditch. <laughs> Quite often on drives to work such as this, there will be cars in ditches. Which, uh, does not help with my, uh, nerves of driving when the snow is this bad. <laughs> Okay, let's the break commence. Editing, editing, editing. On the road again. The road again. If you can call it a goddamn road. Fuck. Normally, this road is also shoveled, plowed at this point. However, it is not. Which means the possibility exists that I may be close to late for work. I have um, not been late for work in, um, well, let's say this. In the six years I've worked at this company, I've never been late. And in the five years that I worked at the company before this, I was late once. During, you guessed it, a snowstorm. So... Man, I really don't want to break that 
that record again. That would be a shame. There was, um, when I was at the uh, gas station that I stopped to uh, check my tickets, none of them winners. <sighs> none of them winners. Um, there was another tow truck with a uh, car that had been in a ditch. And then uh, I also wanted to get something to drink, but uh, I forgot my wallet in the car. So I had to go back out and get that. So far, uh, today has been pretty horrible, as you can imagine. <laughs> so you know what? Fuck you, book. You're getting a one out of five. Take that. No, no, no. Let's let's not take it out on books, because that's not fair. Okay, so we uh, left off with saying uh, axe the princess, basically. Cut her out of the book. Her parts were not vital to the plot, basically, at any point that, that I can think of. Uh, and also, they sort of used her as a kind of just tacked-on uh, love affair part. So it's almost like um, they put her in the book just so they can have some uh, parts in which uh, three guys, actually, were in love with her. So, uh, uh, love square. Not even a triangle. And basically, yeah, that was that. She she had a... She had... Uh, how do I explain it? She... So she was in this castle that was uh, basically overrun, and she escaped. Uh, through her escape, she... Uh, of course, as you do, joined a bunch of gypsy actor folk, which I think I mentioned in last book, but Wednesday, is something that I have read before at least once that I can remember. Um, so not only is she not vital to the plot, they add her uh, a whole giant section that has been done in other books, so yet another reason to chop her out. She... Um, visits another kingdom and asks for help, and basically there's some uh, court intrigue there, politics, if you will. One thing about fantasy novels that I hate, yeah, yeah, we'll go hate, when they focus at all on is when there's sort of court politics and intrigue. Uh, well, not even so much the intrigue part, but the politics part always just bores me to death. Um, no interest whatsoever in politics in real life, so why would I want to read about it in a fantasy novel that I'm using to escape from real life? Uh, so she had a whole big section there. Maybe that's why I'm uh, kind of down on her a little bit. Um, and what else? She she brought some fighters from this kingdom back to her besieged kingdom, which uh, I could see ways around fairly easily. Uh, they weren't, again, vital to the plot. Okay, let's uh, take another little break here while I attempt to ride up another giant hill in the snow and hope that we make it. Hmm. On the way up this hill, there is a car in the ditch. So, that is not nice. Uh, normally, up this hill is three lanes. Now, I can't even see the lanes yet. A uh, van just sped past me recklessly. Sorry, a truck. Idiot.
Okay, as I sort of uh, surmised in the last uh, podcast, everyone in the book was basically headed towards a sort of final showdown underneath the castle, South March Castle, the main sort of... Uh, although not main in the sense that it was the largest of the land or the most populous or the most powerful, still the focus of this book... Because underneath the castle, as it turns out, here's, here's a spoiler for you, there is a sleeping god. What? Uh, there are factions in the book which are strongly opposed to waking this god, and then there are factions that are trying to wake this god. The <laughs> Something that I uh, appreciated was that the Basically, if you want to boil it down, the factions of good want to keep the gods asleep, and the factions of evil want to awaken the gods, okay? Uh, that amused me, because uh, <laughs> you think to yourself now, what would happen if God came to Earth? Would uh, religious people want that? Would non-religious people want that, or not want that? How, how would that go down? Me, personally, uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking that if God or gods were to come to Earth, it would not bode well for human beings, um, as they thought in this book, and proved to be true. Well, sort of. Well, let's throw some other little, little tidbits in. Uh, the prince, Prince Beric, um, I mentioned that he had a sort of deformed arm, I think, and also made the prediction that at some point he uh, would have that fixed, and it was magically fixed. So, i like to point that out. Um, one of the, one of my favorite things they did with this book, uh, in the last two books, basically, was, uh, had... Mm, yeah, yeah, let's put it this way. They had the biggest underground battle in any book that I have read. Uh, so that was very much appreciated. Uh, also with Prince Beric, he, through a series of events, um, which was very interesting, became the sort of king leader of the Quar, Q-A-R, otherwise known as the Fairy Folk. Uh, I also refer to them quite often in past podcasts as the monster people, because they're all uh, monstery, all monstered up. So that was uh, that was cool how that came about. Uh, I won't give that away. Let's see what else. Um, through Beric becoming that uh, king, we'll call him of the fairy folk. He uh, did something cool, which was took in all the, uh, let's say, essence and memories of past kings and of the fairy folk, which uh, was cool. It reminded me of, this is where it gets nerdy, <laughs> if, if it hasn't been already, there was an episode of Star Trek, one of my favorite ones, The Next Generation, I should specify, in which Data had uh, a whole uh, host of people who sort of inhabited it, his body, and he would uh, put on, he wouldn't put on masks, but his face, 
his face would sort of morph into different, uh, there would be different characters on his forehead kind of idea. And it reminded me of that in that it's, uh, it's a race of people's memories inhabiting another person. So that was cool. All right, folks, I got, uh, six minutes to make it to work not late. And, uh, I got about three or four minutes if I had to guess, for me to make it there. So, rest easy in knowing that, assuming I don't run off the road, I will be on time. I am, oh geez, I got a, a quite a few more notes and shits to talk about, so I, you know what, I'll do a tentative, just in case it's nice to be nice to the nice, to end the podcast. However, uh, assuming the roads are plowed when I drive home, I'll probably uh, talk more when I am able to, because uh, I felt it wasn't safe to do it <laughs> as much as normal. Makes sense? I hope it does. If not, we'll get eight hours of work done and meet back here. Come here. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back! We are back! We are back! Back! We are back! Back in action! Hello again! So, uh, much, much, much better. Like, no snow whatsoever on, uh, this road anyways. Usually this road that I'm on, Highway 9, is the good one. And then the road, uh, that I turn on to, Highway 50 is the not good one. So, we'll see. So far, so good. Uh, where did we leave off? I think we left off talking about how we're going to uh, axe the princess. And I don't mean ask her a question. I mean axe her out of the book, as she was unnecessary. Harsh? Harsh, I know. Uh, let's talk a little bit about these last two books. Probably your best bet to listen to the two other podcast episode book Wednesdays in which I talked about the first two books because I don't want to rehash too, too much. But um, sort of the main focus of these last two books uh, and sort of the series as a whole is this sort of final uh, showdown between all the factions of the first two books. So, the factions are the people of South March, the um, monster fairy folk uh, uh, called, in this book, called the Quar, Q-A-R, um, the people from the, uh, I remember we talked uh, quite a bit about the globe on which these people live, the land in which they live, so the people from the far, far south desertist type area called the, uh, oh shit, Zindis, with an X, Zindis, Zixies, <laughs> uh, those folk, Zindis, Zixies, X, X people, led by the, uh, God King, uh, they call him a lot, the, uh, Atrak, Artok, ah, oh, jeez, <laughs> uh, anyways, I like calling him the Golden One, because that's what he liked people to call him who was uh, quite uh, clearly insane 
in believing he was a, a god. He uh, was sort of the main bad dude who uh, wanted to awaken the gods, as we talked about this morning. Uh, one of the bad factions who wanted to awaken the god. Awaken the god to do his bidding was his plan. Which, spoiler, as you can imagine, um, being a mortal human and deciding to awaken a god to do your bidding. Like, is there any, is there, is there ever a case where that is going to go well for you? Is there? There is not. Um, then within the main sort of northern kingdom, you have the prince and princess, and then they have um, folk who sort of family, uh, people who are sort of related to them who take over their kingdom. Uh, who am I forgetting? That's pretty much it. And they're all working towards this sort of end battle under this castle. Um, so that's cool. Uh, from a plot theme point of view, that you are having uh, a world in which basically factions from over the globe gather under one castle to fight it out. Just uh, saying that out loud seems like a good idea for a story, right? Uh, and it is, for the most part. The part that I don't think is good is that they, Mr. Tad Williams sort of uh, dragged it on way more than it had to be. Um, four books at 700 plus pages each is a lot of reading to get that accomplished, I think. I think he could have quite easily boiled it down. Okay, so let's talk about the battle. The battle started with the monster folk attacking the castle and the undercastle. Crazy, right? Um, then, uh, another part that I really enjoyed was how um, at the beginning of the book I made sort of the observation prediction that I did not think these monster folk were 100% um, evil. And uh, it turned out to be right, as they made a truce with the Thunderlings. Thunderlings, Thunderlings, are the uh, folk who live under the castle. Basically, you can go as far as saying they are dwarves. It's funny, even, uh, they're not technically dwarves, but uh, a couple of times they are even des described as dwarfish which was odd to not have actual dwarfs um, that live within this realm, but then describe people who are basically dwarves as dwarfish. dwarfish. That did not make sense to me. Oh, uh, yeah, another crazy thing they did, kind of on that same line, is that, so you have these basic, basically dwarf people who live uh, under the castle that humans, oh, right, okay, then... On the, uh, on the monster side, you have these other dwarfish-type people. However, they have dark skin, so that's kind of racist. Um, and then they're called drow, or droves, which, if you are at all familiar with uh, fantasy novels, drow has always, to me, everything else I've ever read, uh, referred to uh, dark elves, like elves, but with dark skin, who live under the ground. But in this case, they're using the word drow to describe uh, dwarf-like people who live under the ground. So I did not like that either. 
It's like mixing shit up, yo. Just like how they uh, threw in gunpowder to this world. You can't do that. Uh, at one point, one of the knights even said that uh, knighting or wearing armor with lances and things like that uh, was going to sort of go the way of the dodo because now that there's gunpowder, uh, it just doesn't make sense. So that's another thing that I thought was dumb. All right? All right. So uh, I did have another little note here that probably one-third into the final book was when the uh, final battle showdown began. And the rest of the book was basically just all the events surrounding that. So for that reason, uh, I would probably give the final book maybe a slightly higher mark. Just because... uh, when I'm reading a book like this, and I know, like, uh, say in Lord of the Rings, you get the feeling that it's headed towards, uh, I remember vaguely reading it many, many years ago, before the movies even existed, and uh, I sort of vaguely remember, I've read it since then a couple of times, obviously, but um, having that sort of feeling that it was working towards the final battle, which um, is not unusual in a fantasy novel. Uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously being sort of the first and template for a lot of fantasy novels, it's not unusual for fantasy writers to have their books, or more often even their trilogies, working towards that final battle, which uh, is a formula I enjoy. It's nice to have that very slow build over uh, three books, four books, sometimes even more books towards the, uh, they all lived happily ever after sort of moment. Oh, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, uh, that was one of my other complaints. They, uh, so in the, in the final book, the final book and the second to last book, as I mentioned this morning, um, Tad Williams had only planned to make it into one book. However, it sort of grew, uh, in my opinion, out of control and he had to turn it into two 700-plus-page books. So my sort of other complaints in that he, um, you know, a couple hundred pages into the very final book, he started the battle. That's awesome, right? You think, oh, man, um, I'm 200 pages in of this 700-page book. Well, that, that must mean that I got 500 pages of pure battling, right? Wrong. Instead, he had the final battle, and rather than end it there and sort of say, uh, you know, what everyone's doing or going to do, he dragged it out for, had to be 200, it had to be like 200 pages of just what happened after the battle and cleaning up, uh, not even cleaning up loose ends. There was still a lot of loose ends. Uh, Just very, very disappointed in the after-battle ending. I think if you decide to read this, which... See, uh, I used my three ratings for enjoyed while reading, but would never read again. So I did enjoy it while reading. But I think if you decide to read this, what you can do and not feel bad about doing is read until the end of the last battle... Uh, underneath the ground, where basically factions from all over the world are battling, 
pretty awesomely with monsters and uh, weapons and all that good fantasy stuff, magic. Uh, no, no, actually, no magic. Yeah, not so big on the magic this this series. Uh, anyways, uh, so read until that's over, and then just close the book and read another book. All right, that is my advice to you. Also, uh, my advice to Tad Williams, and I'm willing to uh, lend a hand here, is to rewrite the series, but take out the princess and uh, sort of combine her story parts with the character of Quentin. I think it would be po- I think it would be doable. Or uh, also. I would like you, the listener, to do, if you decide to read this, is as you're reading through it, kind of think of that scenario, and whenever a section involving the princess comes up, think, okay, how could I cut her out of this? I personally never came across, once once I had that into my mind, maybe there was a part in the first book that I'm not thinking of, but uh, personally in my mind, I never came across uh, an area where I thought, oh, well, she has to be in this book. I can't cut her out because of this, because of this, what have you. Little uh, little food for thought there. Okay, folks, uh, I think I will, might as well, end her there with the end of the book and my recommendation for the end of the book. Makes sense? Totally logical? I think the podcast is actually kind of long just because... I, uh, I noticed that when I turned off my little uh, recording device here, that instead of the 22 to 25 minutes it normally records, uh, it was up around about the 40 minutes. So I'm going to have to edit out a lot of that, since um, a lot of it was me just paying attention to driving. Because <laughs> it was a... Yeah, I'll admit it, it was a scary drive. On the, on the drive to work. I don't like driving in the snow, okay? Leave me alone. What, you'd think I was Canadian or something. Uh, happy to report roads are free and clear the whole drive home. If you would like to submit some feedback to the old podcast, you can do so uh, to the email address provided in the closing credits. Every once in a while, as I will do now, I will just say it, because maybe you don't want to listen to the closing credits, even though it's got a catchy little ditty in it from a certain uh, hologram, from a certain hologram from a certain Star Trek television program. The email address is, oh no, sorry, (laughs) backwards, maywood, M-A-Y-W-O-O-D dot Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N at, that'll be your at sign there, gmail.com. Thank you, and good night. Also, let's not forget, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, maywood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think? 
Sunshine day, you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.